There we are. We're live. Excellent. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Estate Agents Podcast, episode 1111, according to Andy Overman. Um, so who knows what number we are. Um, but we're doing well. Doing well. Getting back to a bit of consistency. Yeah. Once a week, which yeah. is good. Well, there's, there's a famous phrase by Muhammad Ali, wasn't there, about when he was doing sit-ups. And he didn't start counting his sit-ups until it's until it started to hurt. So we won't start counting our <laughs> podcast until it starts to hurt because we enjoy it so much. We'll probably never start counting. Oh, there you go. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. And um, if you're here, come and say hello. So the show everyone's been talking about, and Luke, you got me into Lux listings. Yes. So yeah. um, I watched three straight after the episode last week. You had a binge. You had a binge. I had a binge, and then I watched three the next day as well. So I've seen it all. Um, yeah. Your thoughts? Um, I thought it was. Re- I thought it was really good. I think there was certainly um, some takeaway moments you could have as a, you could use that as a. It's not essentially a training video, is it? But. It proved there's a couple of bits in there. One, obviously, the guest that we had, Michael Pallier, a couple of weeks ago, makes some cameo appearances. Um, and he is very much true to his word and as to what he discussed with us on the podcast. One is about being relevant. So there was the example of the lady where he remembered her, even though it was like from years and years and years ago. And it was like how he never forgets a face. And then the other one about asking for the business, um, wasn't it as well? So he just said it, there, there was no magic, magic formula, no magic um, piece of prop tech. It was just actually asking people for the business. And he, I think he did. He, he asked the lady if she wanted to own it or something. That it was on the castle, wasn't it? Yeah, thirty-three million pound car, thirty-three million dollar castle. Morning, Jim. Morning, David. Um, yeah, so I know Jim's a big fan of um, Lux listings because he's already told me how much he loves it. Mints, I'm sure he loves that trash as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, Green Green and Co had the um, property people show. I don't know, 15, yeah. 16 years ago, where we were followed around for about a year. Um, and then when they put it all together, as much as you want it to be a promotional video of your company. It's never going to be a promotional no. video of your company. Um, but what they do is it just highlights areas that you can improve and you can get better. Um, and, you know, there's certainly the case looking at this. And actually, if you look at it, so, you know, I know Gavin Rubenstein, you can say what you like about him. You know, what was interesting, his concept of most valuable player to get the best out of his team um you know so how many people are gonna put up twenty five thousand pounds for that most valuable player um um, but again you know teamwork you know is pool commission better um is individual commission better you know and in fact what's actually best for the client um that was interesting i like the fact coming back to michael pallia because with a buying agent I think they had an opportunity to buy that property for 14 million pounds. Um, but they ended up getting $24 million, sorry, yeah. um, which was really interesting. So by going to auction and not accepting that first bid, they got an extra $10 million. Yeah. So 
auctions. Yeah. And funnily enough, this last week I did my first bit of work with an auction house um, and, you know, how to get more um, auction lots, which was really interesting. So um, is that something agents should be doing more of, auctions? Um, you know, because you obviously you've got the certainty and knowing it's going to be done um, once the gaggle hits. Um, can you see more of it here? Um, do you think it will work here? Do you think the open days when, you know, we can properly reopen? Well, I think we are properly reopen now. You go back and actually you create an open day where you have an auction. Well, I suppose you have the auctions anyway, don't you? So, mm. you know, should agents be working more to try and get more auctions to get that certainty with certain clients? And that will obviously help with agents' time on the market. Thoughts? Thoughts, everybody? Jim, David, anybody else out there today? Yeah, I mean, I think I think auctions have got more of a relevant place to play now, and I think because of our friends in Australia, um, it's it's slowly becoming more of an acceptable method of sale here. Um, I do feel sometimes it's agents are pushing it down clients' throats when it's not needed, and that's because they're compensating because they can't get a decent fee themselves. So they think by going the auction route, they get their one and a half, two percent fees because the buyer pays the fees quite often. Um, so it's kind of compensating for their uh, incompetences, and that may be giving a, giving it a harsh, uh, harsh interpretation. But that that's what I feel with some of the agents and some of the practices that I'm seeing, and how people are being sold auction. Um, and then the agent is walking away thinking, "Yes, I've chest out." Um, plumping the feathers, got one and a half percent more than you haven't because the, the vendor's not paying that, the buyer's paying it, and they haven't got a choice to pay it. So, um, but no, I mean, we've had, we, we've probably we've gone from zero to having probably a dozen auctions a year now on, on properties. So it's definitely an option. Um, and not every property's right for it, but we've got one property likely to go into auction soon because they are notoriously difficult to sell because of the leasehold issue um, at, at the property. So that, that is more appropriate for the vendor. The vendor wants to move. They want to be in a better place. So the, the realistic option, again, it's that whole doctor thing. So uh, diagnosis before prescribing. Um, so just understand what your vendor's situation is rather than just launching and say auction, 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 because it's one and a half percent and you get some nice juicy fees. You should be getting two percent, no? Anyway, well, you sell agency. Precise. Well, if if they attended uh, maybe a, a course that's running next week about spotting opportunities, they may be able to raise their fees. Oh, who knows about that? Right, just coming back. So, actually, <laughs> talking about fees because this is an interesting discussion. If you know you'll get up against Foxtons, for example, and you know Foxtons charge two and a half and three percent. Okay, you would go in and charge two and a half and three percent, wouldn't you? Surely, as a agent competing against them. Yes, you. Yeah, you would. You would do. Um, I think what you've. I think what a lot of agents are frightened to death of is that they haven't got a process to match the agents charging two and two and a half percent, and that's why they charge two two and a half percent because of the process that they go through. A lot of agents just want to stick it on right move and hope for the best, don't they? 
they they certainly do and most probably at the moment it's a well it was a winning strategy because all you needed to do was get that property on and it would sell yeah i mean i I still agree that that is the case um but is it is that still do you know that is going to be the um best buyer still no not of course it's not of course it's not and, and there's an interesting, um, there interesting post by Mr. Watkin, wasn't there, about the average fee um, with an estate agent and obviously how it just goes down and down and down and down over, over the years. And I think it's below 1% now for, for the average fee. And yet, um, and, and then Ian White made a very valid point on there in that no wonder some of the top talent are leaving the industry because at 1%, I've had this conversation with, uh, Michael and Anton several times at one percent you can't provide the service you can't pay colleagues the right level of salary and you can't invest in your business at, at less than one percent it the maths don't add up something something doesn't and then something has to give and that is then at a detriment of the service to the customer 100 percent without without a shadow of doubt even David Mintz agrees Mind you, Jim Parker says auctions and open days don't work in Scotland it's too cold <laughs> have to put your thermals on <laughs> yeah put your long johns on yeah. uh, i remember um we got julian richer involved in the green and company business um and we changed the brand which was interesting from green and co to home and we yeah. had a um open door policy so actually there was no front door um it was freezing we Even used to during go- the winter during yeah even during the winter so we would turn up in our long johns thermal underwear um we would serve people in coats it was so cold um hasten to add it didn't work that well yeah so, whilst, so. whilst we're on the weather um have any has anyone relaxed their dress code from maybe suits shirts and ties this past week given i mean i know we've had a bit of milder weather but did anyone relax their dress code be interested to to hear if anyone did that okay um would you be going around in nice tailored shorts and a polo neck um that is what we relaxed our dress code to yes yeah okay and again people vendors customers clients happy with that do you explain that didn't hit. No, I don't, I don't think it needs an explanation. As long as you're smart, I think with the um, uh, with with the weather again, if it, it, it's got to be appropriate to the weather, isn't it? So again, shirts not hanging out. It's not the collars not turned up. So it's like not like you're just about to go down to the beer garden uh, or <laughs> or anything like that. So, but yeah, just a nice um, uh, nice nice pair of tailored shorts and a polo shirt that's appropriate without any garish statements on it, I think is, is fine. Uh, and that's what we, and even the colleagues in the office, we, we allow that to be relaxed too, because again, if they're more comfortable, they're not hot and bothered, they can do their job better. Have I, to- have I told you my Lycra story? Uh, is this the public version or the private version of the Lycra story? Well, obviously it's going to be public now, isn't it? <laughs> So um, when I was in Green & Co, West Hampstead, had a call from a um, potential land, landlord, landlady, saying she liked an appraisal, um, but the only time she could do it was seven o'clock in the morning. 
Yeah. So I said, look, that's absolutely fine. I do pass you at seven o'clock in the morning as I go to the gym in Maida Vale. But as long as you don't mind me turning up in my lump lycra and gym gear, that'd be absolutely fine. Um, and she said, yes, obviously, of course. Um, and I won, the, I won the letting fully managed because I was the agent, only agent who was prepared to go in at that time. Wearing sure. lycra. Yeah, wearing lycra, obviously. So I'm sure that's why exactly. I won. The, the contours of your muscular body that won it for you. Obviously, David Mintz, it was with those legs. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> so um, let's answer his question. What's yes. happened with Andy Overman? So Andy is doing incredibly well. Uh, location, location, Fletford. He's incredibly busy. Um, we wish he was here, um, but he needs to spend some time with his family. So, um, and as you know, family is more important especially and something at some point has to give and we'd rather it be us than the family yeah so um and what do people think of agents charging for viewings there's a lot of hype in the papers about view rabbit with some agents like ryan wolfenden throwing their hat in the ring um and jim once took his jacket jacket off as long yeah. as you kept your tie on jim that's all right um <laughs> So, Ian, I know Mike, the founder of View Rabbit, interesting and thought-provoking. Um, Mincy, here we go. Ian White is, is it only really, uh, okay, interesting. So your thoughts on charging for people, I think potentially maybe £30 to book the viewing um, and then maybe refunded if they actually turn up or they buy the property. Is it something that's going to take off? Is it something, is it another nail in the coffin of what most people think about estate agents? They're just in it for the money. Mind you not, if it goes by the fees that they're charging. Or, you know, should estate agents only be showing property to serious people? Are questions being asked, the right questions being asked in the first place to get serious people there? So, thoughts? I think you've just summed it up right at, right at the end there about the right qualification, the right questions, um, and spending spending 10, 15 minutes with each applicant um, to actually understand their needs and wants and desires better and the problem that you try that they're trying to solve. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If I like the idea of it because there are a lot of. It's like a dentist, I suppose. That they get so frustrated the amount of no-shows um because it all comes up to the business okay so does a dentist and does a doctor charge for people not turning up i can't tell you because i've never been to a dentist but doctors um i mean my doctors are an absolute nightmare i should charge them to try and get a bloody appointment and waiting <laughs> on the phone i mean it's just absolutely ridiculous yeah. I, don't but, think, I don't think doctors do but i think dentists possibly do um yeah for it but again have you got something within your crm that identifies the serial no-showers or the serial offenders that are all constantly chopping and changing their appointments so when you are booking that appointment you know that you're speaking to someone out of the 10 last appointments they've rearranged 75 percent of them or they've not turned up to 75 percent of them does that flag up on your crm when you're booking that appointment in so you can have that conversation with the client because do you want to put off a serious client that 
in good faith is always going to turn up against someone that is that serial offender. Mm. So um, there's some person called Andy Overman who we miss, who seems to be on the podcast and said and suggesting he's coming back in the summer after the summer holidays. Look forward to it, Andy. Um, thinks it's unnecessary. Pre-qualified applicants and property launch events in a structured fashion following a marketing campaign. We book all appointments and then call them on a Friday PM to confirm attendance. Three strikes and you're out for no-shows. Okay, so, you know, what happens if people have genuine reasons? You know, where, where, do, you call, where do you call the line yeah. um, for this? Um, you know, Ian, I don't know, to be honest, it's challenging some scare cows. So it's scary, but exciting at the same time as could re review. I can't even say that. Review, yeah, the relationships between agent, viewers, sellers and fees. And that's why I need to go to the dentist to get my bloody teeth in. Needs wider investigation. Be interesting if um, I know somebody, David, you mentioned Ryan. Has anybody actually tried it? And um, it'd be interesting to see um, what's going on. Okay, sacred, not scared, Gail. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> see, there you go. So if you're listening to it and wondering about scared cows, it's sacred cows. <laughs> okay, so Jim, we qualify everyone for viewings, and you only get over the door if you're serious and in a position to proceed. If you don't show up, it's discussed with them the next time if they try to view again. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and three strike covers the inexplicable circumstances issues. Yeah. Okay, okay. so I think this is going to run. Um, I don't know, it may be worth getting Mike Riley on, who runs Few Rabbit, and just, yeah. have, just having a conversation and, throw, and throwing things his way and seeing what everybody um, thinks. So um, give us a shout if you want Mike Riley on here and we'll see if we can get him on for about five, ten minutes and, and have a go. There you go. Well, thanks, yeah. Ian White. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be more than one person called Ian White who wants to get Mike Riley on, but we'll happily get him, we'll happily get him on. Ian, if you want, I don't mind um, seeing if Mike's around now. If you can message him, ask him to text me and we can give him the link and we can get him on if you can try and get him on now. So we'll see Charlie. Hello, Charlie Perdias. Thanks for watching. I imagine charging for a view and we need something in return, for example, some kind of exclusivity. Okay. So the question is, potentially you can get exclusivity. Okay. So you're right. Um, thanks, Ian. Um Potentially, you can get exclusivity for it. So I'm sure you're going to have loads and loads of questions. If we can try and get Mike Riley on, we will do. And then we can ask him all loads of questions. So line them up for us um, and we we'll try and get him on. If not, maybe I'll try and get we'll him on. the questions for another time when you can make it. Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll come back to that. But again, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Um, one thing I know we've discussed, and I'm going to keep on sharing it every week because I love wins, Google reviews. Yeah. Okay. So, again, agents are winning, getting market appraisals because people are looking at Google reviews, you know. And I had one um, client customer working with this week that potentially have got um, Ian, if they send me a, or I'll ask Luke, have you got Ian's number? Can you um, WhatsApp him? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I should have. Okay. Ian, we'll WhatsApp it to you um, now, and then you'll get it. So um, they got in front of a developer or um, that had 50 rental properties because of Google reviews. Okay. So, again, big win. So, again, Challenger did a work with somebody this week. Literally went onto their Google, nothing. We sat down, we came up with a plan. Within 24 hours, they had 11 Google reviews. Okay. So, which is great. Gone from nothing to 11 very, very quickly. So, what are you doing with your Google reviews? I think last time we looked, Paramount had what, 900 odd? So, okay, Paramount's for one to be taken down. Knowing, knowing you, Luke, you most probably look at that now. Um, um, I'm just going to, uh, how many did you say? 900. 951. Oh, there you go. So, unbelievable. Would you go to an agent that's got 951 Google reviews or somebody that's got one? Um, so let's talk about you have taken on the director of first impressions absolutely what absolutely. is that so as as what it says i had an interesting conversation with heather from spectre about it on friday actually and she said that it's um quite clear with what their job role is isn't it if, if you've given them a, a title of director of first impressions so that's what it is it's about creating a wow first impression for the customer when they come into the office, when they're on the telephone, when they've had a call made to them so that they go away feeling uh, valuable, valued, um, and uh, just we then want that to follow throughout the rest of the company. So they'll be, they'll be um, uh, six days a week. So we've got two of them to job share, six days a week, Full time, uh, sorry, full hours. Um, everything from picking up overflow phone calls to um, taking messages to sharing <laughs> customer gifts. So, and also when a customer comes in, and they will know the customers that are coming in that day. So it's not going to come as it come as a surprise. So when Mr. And Mrs. Jones are coming in because they're excited to collect the keys for their rental property or for the house that they just bought, they will know that's Mr. And Mrs. Jones coming in, and they'll know it's for Twenty Three Smith Street not oh yeah let me just um yeah i'll just go and ask someone around the back and and everything so um so so all of that again trying to create that theater around picking up the keys so that we have that great first impression that, that they remember um so that that's why we called it director of first impressions and that is their proper job title and that's how the job advert went out and um, the quality of the recruitment and the quality of the applicants has actually been um, very good. And it, it's probably one of the most easiest roles that we've had to recruit for. Um, and part of the application process was to submit a 60-second short video uh, via WhatsApp so that we could just see what first impression they made on us as part of the application process. Love that. Love that. And how did you find that? What did you learn from that? What with the um, with the uh, video? Were they comfortable being uncomfortable? Yes, most of them were really comfortable. However, it helped us whittle down the applications because some of them couldn't follow instructions. 
So how important is it that the director of first impressions can follow instructions? Well, it's probably up there on the in the priority list. So if they can't follow instructions, then they fall at the first hurdle. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what I liked, what you said there, talking about the personal touch. So if Mr. and Mrs. Jones comes in, and actually if we bring that to market appraisals, when you're saying, you know, oh, look, we sold one of your neighbor's properties, well, why don't you actually say, well, we sold um, Joe's property at number 12? You know, I'm sure you know Joe at number 12. Um, again, you're making it a lot more personal rather than talking about, oh, it's a neighbor. Well, if you sold it, you should know the neighbor's name. Let them know that. Um, hopefully, they've got a good relationship with their neighbor um, and that will make a difference. So I think definitely it's going to stand out. I like that from David Mintz. I'm willing to take a more junior support row director of second chances. If a first impression fails, I step in. <laughs> Brilliant. Anytime, David, you're welcome within our family. God, we've got some amazing people watching this today. We have. We have. Obviously Andy Overman, Vicky, David, Ian, Jim. Mandy, thank you, Chris. Charlie, blimey, everybody. Yeah, but again, it, it's just something, again, these are the little tips that we've picked up. So can can you remember when we were going into the agents in Australia? And, and again, that's how they relate to them. That is the director of first impressions. So when we were in seeing Ed, Ed, Edward Smythe uh, at NGU, uh, he had Shannon, didn't he? Everybody needs a Shannon. Precisely, and she was their equivalent of director of director of first impressions. But how many times does it happen in agents' offices where a tenant comes in because it's moving day, and no one knows that, that tenant or it's completion day um, for a sale, and no one knows that that customer's coming in, and that customer's just left there whilst you're trying to speak to the right person. Whereas everyone in the office should know, these are the completions that we've got today. These are the tenant move-ins that we've got today. These are the contractors picking up keys today to make that efficiently and seamless. And particularly in the minute, you don't want lots of people gathering in your office as well for, for safety issues, um, but you want to deal with it efficiently and swiftly. But I would imagine that doesn't go on throughout the country. And that's what we want, and that's what we want to create. Uh, as part of, as part of it, and equally, if we know that uh, an issue, if the customers have to ring back about an issue, and our director of first impressions has picked up the phone to that, then they can escalate that to the line manager or director level if that's then not being picked up on. So it's going to give us great, great intelligence to make sure we are nipping these issues in the bud. Well, I was really impressed when we went into John McManus. Um, we can call it office, and well, I wouldn't call it an office. It was incredible, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was an amazing first impression. We yeah. were we were wowed. So LJ Hooker, not TJ Hooker. <laughs> in, in, in fact, I've got Troy coming on on um, Wednesday morning, um, doing a, a live with him. So I've got to remember. I know I'm going to call it TJ Hooker, not not LJ Hooker. I've got to be careful. Yeah, lunchtime learnings, but in the morning. Yeah, morning learnings, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I need to change it. But yeah, remind me, do not call him LJ Hooker, TJ Hooker. <laughs> no pre no pressure on that. But again, that's through, through the um, uh, visits to Australia. That's what we're kind of basing. So we're refurbishing the Clam Park office at the minute. Um, and, we try, and we're 
again, having a look at what um, Assad's done and Vicky's done at Location Location in, uh, in London, again, seeing how they've styled it there and creating the right environment. So again, taking great inspiration from that. And that's what we're trying to do um, with refurbishing one of our offices at the minute. Um, again, just making just making simple things easy. Uh, something I learned when I went to the Novaks is their sink was small, so that they couldn't someone couldn't leave a plate in it. So if you had to wash up your plate, you had to wash it up. You couldn't just leave it there, and there was no draining board, so you had to dry it to put it away. Um, but, but because that got on their nerves, that that's what colleagues would do. Okay, I need to remember that for my kids. <laughs> get, the, next, get the, the next kitchen I get in, that's it. Yeah. No yeah. sink, no sink, and no drainer, or tiny sink and little drainer. Yeah, <laughs> without a shadow of doubt. So, what I want to know is where you're going to put your four pairs of shoes. Well, that's I haven't accounted for the four pair. I haven't accounted for the four pairs of shoes, unfortunately. Do you want to explain uh, that for everybody listening and watching? Yeah, so this was John McManus, wasn't it? So he had four pairs of shoes. So a pair that he walked to work in, I think, off the top of my head, a pair that he wore around the office because they'd get battered on underneath desks and on the chairs and things like that, and a pair that he'd wear to market appraisals and open homes. I don't know what the fourth pair was for. It was probably a spare and a backup. But he would have, and most people, would they had their own kind of like locker, didn't they? um for, for that but yeah they would have th those pairs of shoes in the office so that they had the right pair to just switch into i mean i think the office environment is really important um especially people coming back now from home working um you know i've been into some agents not recently um previously where the colleagues toilets and the where they eat is just absolutely horrendous yeah. You know, what sort of impression does that give their team and also actually you know if customers do go and need to use their facilities you know they'll be looking at what are they doing how do they treat their teams how do they treat is, their is colleagues it, is it grotty is it again that's one of the reasons so we've completely overhauled the back part of the office so the bit that's not on show so brand new kitchen brand new toilet fully tiled nice and bright so because a customer i'd imagine when when we had the offices open to the public, it would probably be a daily occurrence. Could I just borrow? Could I just borrow the loo? Um, again, it's like you say. What's that walk and what's that journey like? So, have you got stupid, rude posters up, um, or have you got again? Have you got sensitive information up again that people wouldn't necessarily need to see or shouldn't be seeing? But again, is it nice and clean? Does it smell nice? Uh, again, we, ha we have a rule in our office where you can only use the downstairs toilet for number ones. Thank you for sharing that. No, but again, it's, <laughs> it, it's relevant because we've had a problem before, so they have to go upstairs. We've, we're, we're blessed with two toilets. But it's just those little things because the last thing you want is that, that smell coming through your office. I cannot believe the Estate Agents podcast is now talking about toilets. But this is the minute detail that you have to go into. <laughs> David Mintz, we have the same rule at home. You're fine. And we are joined by a new guest. Are we? Yes. So I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll let him in and uh, welcome into the show. Hi, Mike. I just say, is this being recorded? <laughs> you're li you're live at the moment. 
Can you hear us? Michael? Hello? Oh. I can't hear you. No. We'll carry on talking until you sort out your um, your sound. Yes. Okay, thank you. Right, so coming back, Michael hopefully will be here as well. I'll, I'll, kick, I'll, I'll kick him off and then see if he can rejoin. <clears throat> okay, and then we and then we'll talk about um, View Rabbit. So <laughs> that's because he's knows that. <laughs> You're right there. He's kicked himself off, Jim. Right. So a um, couple of things we want to share. Um, straight after this. <laughs> Very much so, David Mintz. Right. So let's talk about a couple of things. Um, World Class Agency podcast. If you didn't hear that this week, listen to it. Um, Sam Hunter, Mark Worrell, Hadley Woodward, exceptional guest um, from Wilter um, in Australia. Um, one of the things that is just keeps on reinforcing and reinforcing is this search and secure. So if you've got a vendor who's looking out of area, say wants to move to Fife from Leicester, um, you know, obviously we've got the exceptional Jim Parker. Um, I'm straight in touch with Jim. 100%. Okay, yeah. let's give a different example then. Manchester, David Mintz, and, and he obviously sort them out. Okay, in an area that nobody knows. Yeah. You've, got the, you've got the facility with all the home searches and spriffs of this world to actually make them a local person them, themselves, to make them to stand out, to make them um, for you to actually go and negotiate on their behalf and potentially get a, um, a negotiating fee by saving them money as well. So that's an exceptional podcast, well worth 45 minutes of your time. Um, and Luke, you had a big win this week um, on cancelling market appraisals. So yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, so we have um, uh, we have we we created something called a problems and an alert, and an alerts dashboard within uh, within our CRM, and one of those alerts is market appraisals that have been cancelled and then not rebooked, um, and then it alert. <coughs> so the offices can go through them, and then it's about then ringing back through those cancelled vows so that they don't just drop off and don't get forgotten about, um, because something that I, I was noticing was. The property's coming to market. Have we been out to appraise them? Yes, we have. Okay, fine. Let's let the lister know if they don't already know. But, oh, okay, this one actually cancelled. Well, it cancelled quite a bit before it actually came to market. So because we couldn't be bothered, does that show that we're hungry and willing for the business? No, it doesn't. So it, it we kind of plugged a hole there. And, and one of the wins yesterday was Janet. So market appraisal cancelled. She's rebooked it. And it'll be interesting to then follow that follow that one through. But we've been doing that for a number of weeks and months now. Um, but strike rate yesterday um, was, a, was a kind of 100%, so, um, which was great. So thing I think if, <laughs> if agents could look at and just go through, I'm sure there's a way of pulling off a list. I'm sure you have to, if a, if a client cancels their market appraisal, you probably put it to a canceled state, or can you show deleted appointments in your calendar or something like that? Um, just call back through those. Uh, it, they probably canceled because it, it, something else cropped up or they had to isolate or 
that something something more important uh, came along, but then they've just forgot that they may not have lost the bug for selling. So it's well worth revisiting that. You'll find there's lots of lots of gold in that data. Thank you. Can I ask you another question then? Mm. What do you do with people that unsubscribe um, from your mailing list? Not a thing. Okay, so why do people, why are people likely to unsubscribe? Um, because they don't want the information or they've found somewhere or no longer interested in selling. Okay, so again, if they found somewhere and they're and that's in your area, then again, surely that's an opportunity to have that conversation, um, you know, to keep in contact because again, one in three sales may fall through. That is an opportunity there. So I would also call up your unsubscribes and I just ask why they're unsubscribing and find that information out. Morning, um, James Kendall. Thank you. Hello, Amanda Jane Collins. Thank you for joining us as well. I'm getting a few new people today. It's nice, yeah. isn't it? Thank yeah. you. Everyone must be back off the holidays. Or maybe they can't go on holiday because of everything that's going on. The NHS track and trace app and all at home. Yeah, and actually, that's a serious point as well. What's happening? You know, what procedures and processes have you got in place now for people being pinged? You know, I know, obviously, hopefully, we we're prepared after what has happened over the last 18 months. But um, it seems to be happening more and more. Um, mm. You know, I know obviously six, over 600,000 pings, uh, not this week, just gone the week before. Uh, so it's, uh, what, what's that? One percent, uh, nearly two percent of the adult population, maybe a bit higher, that have been told to self isolate on top of the, the people then that are, um, obviously positive at the minute. Yeah, so James, the office still closed to public and team still working remotely. Okay, thank you. Okay, so uh, do we think Michael's going to come back? Oh, I don't know. He's not, not, not reappeared yet. Yeah. I'll just have to get him another day. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, you talk um, and I'm going to give him a... Okay, thank you. So something else that we've um, we've looked at doing this week is just refreshing our photograph uh, photography skills. So getting in uh, Doctor Photo, uh, we've used him before. So those that haven't seen Doctor Photo, I think he's rebranded himself now to Doctor. Um, so um, he will actually do Zoom training on how to use your camera properly. Um, but he's actually coming to us because we've got six of us that want to go through the training. So. Um, how to use the right settings, not using the flash, using the bracketing, economy, <coughs> and then the ed editing process afterwards. Um, and it's just so, so valuable, and it has raised our game when it comes to actually um, doing um, doing the photos. So um, if anyone would like uh, to take advantage of that, then I'd seriously recommend uh, reaching out to uh, John. Uh, I think his name is John Durant at, at Dr. Photo. But then if you're not sure about the actual editing part of it, then um, he will actually do the editing. And I think it's just as uh, for as little as 95p uh, per photo. 
So I don't know if anyone on here is already using John Durant and his photography services, but he is exceptional at what he does and moving objects out the way. I know we've had blocks of flats and he's moved vans and cars and people out the way when you've not been able to get the right photo. But um, just, just something else in terms of the investment that we've been doing into our teams. Um, we've had him in before, had new members join and just refreshers as well. But we know that photos are a large part and important part of what we do. Okay, great. It's just rebooting. I said oh, we'll, okay. give, we'll, give, we'll give it a go, one more go, and if it doesn't work, maybe we'll try and get him on next week as well. Okay. Um, thanks, James. Decent guy on YouTube. All three t t tutorials. Um, Dom Boa Photo. There you go. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. That's great. Um, so what's your week looking like? Uh, so this week, um, Oliver's got swimming tomorrow. We're going to go swimming in a bit to the gym. Uh, Tuesday um, is an office day. Wednesday is a family day. Uh, we're going to um, one of my favourite things in the world to do is to go and see Sooty and Sweep. Yeah, hey. So yeah. Going to, I'm going to Tamworth on Wednesday. Then travelling down to London in the evening for Property Academy All Members Day for Thursday um all members day on thursday so staying overnight wednesday back on thursday evening um to then pick up on some more bits and pieces that need to be done ready for the main office to to reopen then it's the weekend in qpr against leicester so traveling down to watch the pre-season friendly there where's that qpr yeah oh very impressed going to all these games very <laughs> very good well, it, it's um, it was it was. I went to the one last night at Burton Albion. It took me three and a half hours to get back from Burton Albion, um, yeah. and which should have only taken fifty minutes last night. But it was nice to go. It was nice warm weather. Uh, it was enjoyable. There was a few idiots there, but you have to expect that with the football, don't you? Um, but um, but yeah, it was it was nice and it was quite surreal going to a football match. Um, I obviously went to the Tottenham match um, at the end of the Premier League last season, but that, that that was a bit false and artificial because you had all the social distancing and everything else, and everyone was still considerate to each other's space and things. Obviously, there wasn't the social distancing uh, and things, but it was it was nice to do and nice to take Jack to. So um, we thought, well, it's, I think it's like ten pound for a ticket for QPR. It was more expensive to go to the Burton Albion game than it is the, to the QPR game. Um, and then we've got Villarreal um, on the 4th. And obviously the following week, we've got Mastermind. So after an eight, nearly an 18-month uh, absence. Yeah, looking forward to that face-to-face -face meeting again. So it yeah. should be good. How about uh, you? What's your week like? Again, I've got a busy, busy week. So... Create creating opportunities um, course um, on Tuesday. Got a couple of places left. Doing ejection handling on um, Wednesday. So looking forward to that. Um, so and then Thursday, I am doing some mentoring and some training. And then Friday, walking football. Score the blinding yeah. goal on Friday. Yeah. So um, in, in enjoying it all. But look. I think we're waffling on. I don't think we're going to hear from Mike. So no. thank you all for joining us this morning. Incredibly grateful. Thanks for your comments. Thank you for watching. If you're watching and listening off after, thank you very much. Remember, rate us, review us. 
um share it with everybody it would be much appreciated and have an exceptional week and thank you all for your thank time you and thank you luke sinclair for the 1111th podcast amazing thank you, mr brown see you all